This is Project Keto. I'm your host, Madeline Evergreen. This podcast is a result of my lifelong experience searching for the answers to my health struggles. I'm here to teach you the how-tos, practical tips, and tactics to eating a ketogenic diet. No more deprivation or confusion when it comes to your amazing body. Let's jump right into today's episode. Fear of constipation is the number one reason that I hear people say that they don't want to try carnivore. And it's a great concern to have because being constipated or backed up, not eliminating is not a good thing. It doesn't feel good for anybody. It's definitely not good for your health. So hopefully today's episode will help put some peace of mind out there for everybody about possibly trying carnivore and not having constipation. Or maybe you've been doing carnivore and you're struggling with constipation, you know, every day or occasionally. Hopefully today is going to help out. And I have about six really fabulous pointers for everybody. And it might take just applying one of these tips, or maybe you need to do all six of these different things to help get your poop moving. And you might be wondering, why is it so important to avoid constipation? You know, other than that it feels bad and nobody wants to be constipated, but it's actually really critical for your health to be pooping every single day or even two to three times per day. And the reason is because your colon or pooping is one of your channels of elimination. You've got four channels of elimination. Your skin with sweating, your breath with breathing, your urine with peeing, and your poop. So that's your colon. And you want all four of these channels of elimination to be working every single day and functioning so that you're able to move a lot of toxins out of your body. If your channels of elimination are blocked or they're just not really working very well, you get very backed up with toxins and you can end up with lots of other issues and lots of other health problems. And I know a lot of people do listen to this podcast because they want to lose weight Well, big reason why a lot of people have stubborn body fat that they just can't lose is because their body fat is full of toxins. If you have a huge influx of toxins coming into your body, which we all do every single day just because we live on planet Earth and we're exposed to a lot of bad things in the environment. So if you have all these toxins coming in and your channels of elimination are not optimized, so you're not really... uh, sweating, you're not breathing deep every day, you're not pooping and you're not peeing enough, then these toxins can get backed up in the liver and then they go and get stored in your fat. So you've got this fat holding the toxins, which is a very safe place for the toxins to be so that you don't die from too many toxins just floating around in your bloodstream. But then your body won't burn that fat or lose that fat because as soon as it does, the toxins will be released from the fat and it, they have nowhere to go and they can't get out. So this is a big reason why you would want to optimize all of your channels of elimination. But today we are focusing on pooping because I know that so many of you have reached out and said, 
either that you're afraid to start carnivore because you think that you're going to need fiber to poop and you can't imagine that working on carnivore or you've reached out and actually said you've been trying carnivore and you're struggling with some constipation. Now I hear of a lot of people, maybe even more people that actually have diarrhea on carnivore, but that's not going to be today's topic. Maybe we'll do that one on a different episode. I know that I've dealt with more of the diarrhea end personally on carnivore than constipation. And what's really cool is that so many people have actually fixed their constipation on carnivore. I've heard countless stories of people who had lifelong constipation. I'm one of them. And it was just chronic and terrible. And it wasn't until they went on the carnivore diet that their constipation was fixed. So a lot of um, people just are afraid that they're going to be constipated on carnivore. And they don't even give it a try because it's a fear, fear that they have. So if that's you, um, just know that you might actually poop better getting on carnivore. But, you know, some people do experience some, some constipation, especially at first. So let's get into these six different tips for constipation on carnivore. The first one is to give yourself some time to adjust. If you start a carnivore diet and on day one or the first morning you start, you don't poop perfectly, don't panic. It's going to take a couple of weeks or maybe even a couple of months for your colon to adjust to a carnivore diet. Now that doesn't mean that you should allow yourself to be constipated and just push through and deal with it for weeks or months until it works itself out. Um, if you are having constipation, these other tips today, the other six tips are going to help you get through this. But you have to just know that your bowels are going to go through a transition period if you've been used to eating a lot of fiber or vegetables or grains any fibers and then all of a sudden you go on carnivore, your body is going to go through a transition period and it's going to take some time to adjust. So give yourself a minimum of two weeks to play around with adjusting, meaning that some days you might not poop as well as you'd like, other days you might end up with diarrhea, and it's going to just be an adjustment period. I would say give yourself between two weeks to three months to really fine tune what you're doing. Okay, tip number two is to make sure that you're drinking enough water. Now this applies to everybody. It doesn't matter if you're on carnivore or keto or standard American diet or vegan or anything. Make sure that you're drinking enough water. That's probably the number one tip I have for everybody for having good health and most people are not drinking enough water. So when you wake up in the morning, you should be having at least two big glasses of water right away in the morning before anything else. And then if you want to have coffee or whatever, go for it. But right away when you wake up, take down two big glasses of water. And it's even better if one of those glasses is a glass of Soleil. So that means you make this special super saturated salt solution using these big Himalayan uh, salt crystal 
rocks they're kind of big like a couple of inches in size and you make a solution in advance and then every morning you take a little teaspoon of that Soleil solution put it in your glass of water and drink that down so it's a super saturated salt solution and then that is going to help to draw hydration inside of your cells first thing in the morning and it helps to kind of wake up your cells and get them hydrated and alive and then having um, water that is just regular without salt is also really important throughout the day but that's not so much um, as beneficial as getting the salt or the water inside of your cells when you just drink plain water without the salt it's great for flushing through your kidneys getting yourself peeing that is important too but it's very critical that at least once a day that you get a little bit of Soleil or if that's too complicated just sprinkle some good quality Himalayan salt in a glass of water in the morning drink that down and that's going to help to get you truly hydrated which makes a big difference in constipation and then you should be having full glasses of water many other times throughout the day that's not with your meal do not drink water near your meal times. I can't emphasize that enough. When you drink water too close to your meal, it dilutes your stomach acid, that's your hydrochloric acid, and makes it harder to break down your food. You want your stomach nice and acidic, and you want that acid to be there ready for when you eat meat or you eat food. The food goes into your stomach and the acid is ready. It breaks down the food nice and um, fully so it's totally pul pulverized and broken down and then it can move into your small intestine and go along for the rest of your digestion. If you have a lot of belching or burping, gas, bloating, or if you're pooping out pieces of food, for example if you eat a salad or maybe some nuts and you poop out pieces of lettuce or pieces of nuts or any pieces of food at all you know that your hydrochloric acid is not working very well. Same thing with the belching. If you eat and then you're burping a lot, most people don't even notice that they're doing it, so you're going to have to remind yourself to pay attention or ask your spouse or your partner or people you're around, do I belch a lot? And they're going to know. Ask them or pay attention yourself. And if you are belching, then you know your hydrochloric acid is probably not optimized and the first thing you should do is stop drinking water near your meals. So wait at least 30 minutes after you've had water to eat something and then for me I don't like to drink any water for about an hour or two after my meals to really let the food digest and not get all diluted. But when you're away from your meals is when you should really be maximizing drinking a lot of water. And I see a lot of people who just carry around this little bottle of water and take a sip here and there throughout the whole day and that's fine you know if you have a dry mouth or whatever but you really need to actually drink full glasses of water throughout the day. So take a moment, stand up from your desk if you're at work, go over, get a full glass of water, drink the whole thing down, and then get back to work. Or whenever it's going to be, if it's before bed or a different time, drink down a whole glass of water. Try not to just sip little sips here and there. It's really hard to get in enough if you're never really committing to just 
drinking it down. And so many people will actually correct their constipation just by having enough water because your colon actually does soak up water that you're drinking and water that's in your body and it softens your poop or it softens your stools and it allows the the poop to get moving better. So if you're just letting yourself be dehydrated, you have no chance of pooping very well. And remember, it's ideally to be pooping two to three times a day, not every other day, not once a week, and not once a day. Once a day is a good first step, but then get yourself to start pooping twice a day or maybe even three times a day. Now, if you're doing the water, you've added the salt water or the Soleil, and it's still not working, it's time to try some magnesium citrate. And I'm going to put a link in the description and on the show notes page so that you know a really good quality brand that I would recommend. It's important that you choose supplements that are reputable and high quality. I do not recommend going and getting supplements from GNC or Costco or a cheap place. And even supplements that you can buy from the co-op are not always what they say. So I'm going to be linking one that I recommend that's very good quality. But magnesium citrate is a really great magnesium to use for constipation. It's not great if you're trying to improve your levels of magnesium. If that's what you're trying to do, then you would go for magnesium glycinate or a different type of magnesium. But magnesium citrate is a type of magnesium that your body doesn't absorb very well. So what happens when you take it is that it just gets eliminated out. So you take the magnesium, it goes into your colon eventually, and it's actually going to draw in hydration. So it's going to pull in water into your colon and then you poop it out. So if you're not drinking any water at all and you take magnesium citrate, it might still work, but it's not going to be very good for you. It's kind of dehydrating. So it's a great idea to combine this concept of increasing your water intake and then taking some magnesium citrate then the water really gets drawn into your colon and you can poop it out. Vitamin C can also be a good alternative, but I just find that so many people end up with explosive diarrhea when they take too much vitamin C, and that's a little bit harder to monitor than the magnesium citrate. So for dosage for magnesium citrate, here's how it goes. At night, start with one capsule of whatever magnesium citrate you buy, Take that, it can be with or without food, and then pay attention the whole next day. If you poop amazing the next day and it's perfect and it's going really well, then one capsule at night is your dose. But if you don't really poop better or it's not ideal, then the following night, so night number two, take two capsules of magnesium citrate at bedtime and then pay attention the whole next day. This would be day three. You pay attention and if you're still not pooping well, then on that night, the day three, that night, you take three capsules of magnesium citrate and then if the next day you're still not pooping well, then you go to four capsules and you go all the way up until you're pooping really, really well and everything is working just fine. But if you get diarrhea, then you need to back off and take less. 
You don't have to take magnesium at nighttime. I just find that it works best for most people with their pooping schedule, but it really can be spread out. And then here's a tip. If you end up needing a lot of capsules, like if you need more than four or five capsules of magnesium citrate, it's kind of icky to have to take all of that at once. So you're welcome to spread that out throughout the day. Maybe you take some in the afternoon, some in the morning, or some at night. That would be perfectly fine. I know for myself, at one point in my life, I used to have to take 12 capsules of magnesium citrate to poop at all. And that was when I was eating a lot of fiber, a lot of plants, and that's what I had to do to get myself pooping. And I know a lot of people are like that. So don't be afraid to take a lot of magnesium citrate if you need it. But remember, it's also critical that you are drinking water. So let me know if the magnesium citrate and the water is working for you or not. And if it's not, then we move on to these next tips. Rendered fat. So anybody who listened to last week's episode with Rebecca Farmer, I she gave us such a fabulous tip about avoiding rendered fat if you're getting bloating or diarrhea. Rendered fat would be like cooked liquid fat from meat. So that would be like if you make ground beef and then there's fat in the pan that's from the ground beef, the fat is rendered fat. Or if you make bone broth and there's fat floating on top, that would be rendered fat. Butter is rendered fat. If you cook you know, a pork chop and there's a bunch of liquid fat in the pan, that would be rendered fat. The fat that doesn't turn into liquid is not rendered fat. So if you have a pork chop and there's a big piece of a glob of fat on there after it's cooked, that is not rendered fat. Or same with a steak that has big pieces of fat, that's not rendered fat. So the rendered fat is not good, it's not bad, it's just what it is. But some people will get diarrhea from eating even just a little bit too much rendered fat. So remember that would be like the liquid or the cooked fat from an animal. So the opposite might be if you're feeling constipated, maybe you want to try upping your rendered fat a little bit. So some ways of doing that would be to cook a ground beef patty and then pour the juices from the pan onto the ground beef patty and eat that. Or make sure that you're eating the fat in your bone broth if you make that. Or put butter on your steak. Those would be ways of getting in some extra rendered fat. Now remember, I'm just going to make this really clear because I know it can be tricky. Eating too much rendered fat for some people can make you have diarrhea or have bloating. So this isn't a total fix for everybody. It's just that maybe if you're not eating any rendered fat at all and you're constipated, maybe increasing your rendered fat a little bit will help you go to the bathroom. But it's not good if now you're running to the bathroom, having diarrhea, or having cramping or bloating. We don't want to have that symptom instead of constipation. Neither of those are good. So just beware with the rendered fat that you might get diarrhea. But if you do it carefully and you just have a little bit, you might not. You might end up just having perfect poop 
that is working out great. My next tip would be to do enemas. I think enemas are one of the best at-home remedies and at-home health tools for so many different reasons. And there are lots of different types of enemas that you can do. You can do water enemas. You could do coffee enemas. There's wheatgrass enemas. There's so many different types. But the two types that I recommend the most would be water enemas and coffee enemas. Water enemas are really good for constipation or for clearing out your colon. Coffee enemas do help you poop a little bit because the poop is going to come out with some coffee that comes out. But coffee enemas are not for constipation. Coffee enemas are actually for a gallbladder and liver detox. So let's start there with coffee enemas. You make a special coffee solution. I do it in a French press and I put four tablespoons of really high quality organic coffee that is free of mold toxins. So I use the Bulletproof brand of coffee. You cannot do coffee enemas with coffee that's full of pesticides and mold. Do not do that. You must get organic coffee that's certified mold free. So Bulletproof brand is great. I put four tablespoons of coffee into my French press, fill it up all the way. So that's going to be about four cups of water and I brew it for 20 minutes. Then I push down the French press after 20 minutes, pour the coffee into my enema bucket, and I use a stainless steel enema bucket, but they also have bags that are plastic, and they also have glass buckets. So all of that could work, and I can see if I can find on Amazon the enema bucket that I used, and I can try and uh, link that as well. And once you've poured your coffee into your bucket or your bag, you want to make sure that you just allow it to come to room temperature. So you're not going to be inserting hot coffee into your colon. It needs to come down to room temperature. And then you set up your bathroom. I like to put a towel on the floor where I'm going to be laying. And you're, you're going to just decide which side you want to lay on, but ideally you lay on your right side because your gallbladder is down. Okay, then you would put some type of lubricant onto the tip of your enema tube, and this would be something like coconut oil or just any kind of lubricant that's a non-toxic um, substance. And you lay down on your side, insert the tube a couple of inches into your rectum, and then you open up the little clamp allow one to two cups of that coffee to go into your body, close the clamp, pull out the tube, and you lie down on your right side and try to lie there for 20 minutes. If it's hard to hold the coffee in, see if you can hold it in as best as you can. It might feel like a struggle, but you are welcome to get up and go to the bathroom on the toilet if it gets to be too intense or too much. And then you can do it again. You put the other half of the coffee in after you've gone to the bathroom and see if you can hold it for another 20 minutes. I have about 100 million more tips and more details I can give you for coffee enemas. If you've never done an enema or don't really even know what that is, the amount of information I just gave right there is not going to be nearly enough for you to be able to get started. So you could look it up somewhere else 
or maybe another episode I'll actually give full instructions of how to do coffee enemas. But while you're lying on your side and you're holding the coffee in, a lot of magic is happening in your body. First thing, the the caffeine from the coffee stimulates your gallbladder to squeeze and this is the whole reason why you would do a coffee enema. If you're lying on your side, the the caffeine goes kind of like through your bloodstream or through your nerves. It stimulates your gallbladder to contract and it squirts out this old sludgy yucky bile from your gallbladder which is so beneficial. Our bodies recycle bile and it can become very, very thick and sludgy and it can have stones and it can have a lot of icky junk in it. So it is amazing for yourself to be able to get your gallbladder to squeeze and then eventually, and that squeezes out into your colon. So eventually you're going to poop that out. It squeezes out, it goes through with your poop, you're going to poop that out at some point. And when you're lying on your side like that, if you allow yourself to get very, very quiet and relaxed and you really tune in, a lot of people can actually hear squirting from their gallbladder or you can feel it if you put your hand over your gallbladder. You can feel a gurgling once or possibly twice during your coffee enema session. And then that's how you know it really worked. A lot of people don't really hear it or feel it though because it is so subtle. And your gallbladder is located really um, high near the right side of your rib cage. If you kind of put your fingers near your solar plexus and then move to the right underneath your ribs is where your gallbladder would be. So I, I can't really demonstrate obviously on a podcast so you can just look up where a gallbladder is located so that you know where that is on your body. But it's close near where your liver would be on the right side under your rib cage. So um, the coffee enema is a really great, great tool for that. Um, There's another reason of doing it and it's to stimulate your vagus nerve, which we're not going to get all into that today. That is a whole other topic. But it's great for people to be working on stimulating their vagus nerve. And the way you do that is actually by holding in the coffee when you feel like you need to poop. So you'll be laying there and you'll feel that there's a moment where all of a sudden you need to go poop. And that's why you have a towel down just in case you have an accident on the bathroom floor, which you know what? It happens to everybody and it's not that big of a deal. But lay there and see if you can hold it in while your body is like screaming that you need to poop and you actually might start sweating or shaking but it lasts just a couple of seconds like maybe 10 seconds of really intense discomfort and then it lets up and you can relax and you're able to hold it with almost zero effort. The more times that you go through that holding feeling the more you're stimulating your vagus nerve. So you shouldn't do it forever and ever and ever, but try and and hold your coffee in for about 20 minutes and go through a couple of rounds of that extreme discomfort where you feel like you need to poop. And then eventually you get up and you do go poop. But if you never let yourself go through that little phase of holding really close, then you don't stimulate your vagus nerve. So that 
coffee enema is going to be great for the vagus nerve. It's great for the gallbladder flush, but it's not really all about getting your colon cleaned out because the coffee is only going to go in a couple of inches into the bottom of your colon and it's not really going to go all the way around the large intestine and clear out lots of poop. Some poop will come out because you get up and you poop out the coffee and so some poop is going to come with that which is nice but if you feel like you're really backed up and your large intestine is really packed full of old poop then I would actually suggest you do a water enema and you can do the same sort of process where you don't make coffee but you just put room temperature or just slightly warm really clean filtered water into your enema bucket and this time you're going to be going through a lot of water so it's not going to just be four cups you're going to be going through quite a bit and here are the steps this time you lay down on your left side and then insert the enema tube with some lubricant into your your rectum allow as much water as you can take into your body so this is different for everybody and it also depends if you're super backed up you might not be able to get much water in because your colon is packed with poop but if you just pooped and then you're gonna do this you can get more water in but put in as much water as you can you're gonna feel your belly start to swell and it feels like you get quite bloated because you're filling your large intestine with water and then when it feels like enough, like it's a little bit uncomfortable, but you're not too uncomfortable, then you clamp the tube again, pull out the tube, and then you might have to get up right now and go poop. So if you have to go poop immediately, go right away. But if it's okay for you to hold it in a little bit longer, you're going to be laying on your left side and try and massage your colon. This is so hard to explain on a podcast, but I'm going to do my best your colon, maybe I need to back up and explain what, what shape your colon is in. And I would recommend you actually look up a diagram of the large intestines, you know what I mean. You have the ascending colon that goes from your ileocecal valve, so that's kind of near your right hip bone. It goes up towards your right rib cage. So that's the beginning of your large colon. It goes straight up. Then you have the transverse colon, which is where it goes from your right rib cage over to your left rib cage, and that goes straight across your body. And then you have the descending colon, which goes from your left rib cage down towards your left hip bone, and then the poop comes out. So if we're going to reverse that, because you've inserted water into your colon, and you're laying down on your left side, you're actually going to massage and try and encourage the water to go up. So you're going to massage your fingers from your left hip bone area. It's not your actual bone, but that region of your body where your intestines are. You're going to pull and massage up towards your left rib cage for a few moments, and you might actually feel a lot of gurgling or, or sounds of water, or you might feel the water move up. Then roll over onto your back, lift your hips up in the air so your pelvis is elevated, and even better if you can put your feet on the edge of the bathtub and lift your pelvis up so your pelvis is much higher than your head, and then massage the water from your 
left side to your right side where your transverse colon is. You might want to look up a diagram so you know what the colon looks like. Massage it across while your pelvis is elevated. Then lower your hips down onto the floor, roll over onto your right side, massage the water from your right rib cage down to your right hip bone. So you're going to be massaging the water down encouraging the water to get all the way down to your ileocecal valve, which you can look that up on a diagram as well. I know this is a lot to be learning on a podcast. Then reverse the whole process. Massage the water back up your right side. Roll over onto your back. Elevate your hips up in the air. Massage the water across from right to left. Lower your hips down, roll over onto your left side, and massage the water down from your left rib cage down to your left hip bone area. And then if you feel the desire to poop, get up and go poop. And hopefully you have a lot of old poop coming out of your body. And then you're going to repeat that whole process, like lay back down on your left side, insert as much water as your body can take, do it all again. And you might have to continue to refill your enema bag or enema bucket a lot of times because you might go through quite a bit of water. And you're going to do this as many times as it takes until you're only pooping out water and no more poop. And this could take an hour. It could take a long time. Everybody's really different. So just know that this one is a little bit more effortful and can be more time consuming than the coffee enema, but it is so beneficial for breaking up old stagnant stagnant poop and getting it out of your body. For the coffee enemas, if you've never done this before or if you are actively doing a detox protocol, you could do these coffee enemas two to three times a week for a couple of weeks and then back way down, back way down to once a week or eventually even once a month if you wanted to. For the water enemas, if you are severely constipated and you're somebody who doesn't poop very well at all or you're only pooping once a week or this is a chronic problem for you, I would suggest doing a water enema every other day for maybe a week or two and then back down to once a week for a while until you get yourself pooping every single day. Or anybody can just use water enemas as needed. So if you're constipated, do a water enema. The most important thing is that you do not allow yourself to just be constipated and just deal with it. Like if you don't mind the sensation of being constipated, it's still not okay to just let yourself be constipated. It's so unhealthy for your detox pathways, your liver, your colon. So many things depend on you pooping regularly, even your hormones. If you're not pooping regularly, you're going to get backed up with all kinds of toxic fake estrogens and end up with hormone issues with a lot of estrogen dominance. And this is for men and for women. So we don't want that. So if you just can't get yourself pooping with drinking enough water, giving yourself magnesium citrate, trying out the rendered fat, then enemas are a wonderful tool that everybody should be using. The next tip I have would be colon hydrotherapy. If you can find a very good quality colon hydrotherapist and go and get some colonics done, 
fabulous. I've done this many times in my life. I've done a lot of times where I've gone every other day for 10 or 20 sessions. It might seem excessive, but for me, I was struggling with completely debilitating health problems at the time, and the colon hydrotherapy completely helped. It was amazing and so incredibly helpful. Now, I don't have a recommendation of a colon hydrotherapist because the person that I used to go to has now retired and I don't have a new person. So you're going to have to look up one for you in your area. But it is important that you choose somebody that's extremely experienced and has lots of training. I know that there are these kind of in and out, fast, convenient colonics places where you just get in and out in 20 minutes and it's you know they have 20 different people that work there and it's very casual don't go to a place like that those places are not going to be very good for you and they can actually be dangerous and they can be unhealthy make sure that you find a person who's done this for years and years and years and is experienced and has worked with thousands of clients it's just this is not something to just go like cheap and fast. So those are all of my tips for today for fixing constipation on carnivore. And I wanted to share three do not tips. So what would that be called? Three things not to do if you are experiencing constipation. Number one, do not take laxatives. Do not do this. The, those laxatives are addictive for your body. They make it so that when you don't take them, now you can't poop. Number two, I already touched this, but I'm going to say it again. Do not allow yourself to just be constipated for a long time. So this is where the water enemas really come in helpfully. If nothing is working and you're not pooping, you need to do an enema and give yourself the opportunity to poop really well. And then number three, this is something that I've heard a different, very well-known, popular carnivore on Instagram uh, suggest to people, and I just have to say, do not do this tip. She suggested that if you are constipated, you should chug a big glass of ice water with a super fatty meal, and you're going to give yourself diarrhea. Don't do that. First of all, yes, you are going to probably give yourself diarrhea, but do not do that. If you are chugging water, and then even worse, ice water with fat, like lots of fat in your stomach, you're not going to break down that fat. You're going to dilute your, your juices. You're going to just make that fat run through your stomach really quickly, and then when it gets over where your gallbladder is supposed to squeeze out bile to break down the fat, the gallbladder can't keep up with all that ice water and then all that speed of digestion, so the bile doesn't really get squeezed in time, and then the fat keeps running through your small intestine into your large intestine. Now you have undigested fats and proteins in your large intestine, and that's not good. That is not good for your body. You do not want undigested food going in there where the, it's just not a good story. This is a way to just give yourself more and more digestive issues. So chugging water with your meals is not a fix for constipation. I just need, needed to make sure that I say that. And before we close out today, I have a fabulous question from somebody on Instagram. And I'm just not going to share her name because I'm not sure if this is a sensitive subject or not, but really good question. Here's what it says. Is it normal to poop less on carnivore? 
tips on how to keep things moving. Please address the myth theory that meat just rots in the gut causing health issues. Okay, great questions. Yes, it is normal to poop less volume on carnivore because you're not pooping out all this literal crap like fiber, bulk, stuff. When you just eat meat, there's no fiber in there. Or if you're just eating fat, there isn't fiber. So you're going to be absorbing almost that entire bulk of what you just ate. It actually absorbs into your body and you you break that down. You use all of that physical stuff. But if you were eating a lot of fiber, you break that down, you absorb the nutrients, and then you're left over with all this stuff, this crap, this bulk. And that's what makes your poop large. Like it gives it a lot of volume. So if you're not eating any fiber, then the volume of your poop should be much, much, much less, like much less. And for me at first, this was quite alarming because, I mean, you've heard this whole episode, I'm a really big fan of pooping. And when I first started carnivore, I was kind of horrified at the small amounts of poop that were coming out. But at the same time, my belly was flat and I didn't feel constipated and I was having enough poops, like one to three poops a day. But they were so small. So yes, it is normal for your volume of poop to be less, but your your frequency of pooping should still be one, two, or three times a day. If you're pooping once a day and you feel absolutely fabulous, then that's probably fine. But if you're not feeling like you got a full evacuation of poop that one time, then you probably need to be pooping two or three times. But again, the volume, the size of the poop will be less. Okay, you asked about tips on how to get things moving. Well, that was this whole episode, so you've heard a whole bunch of those. And then the third part of the question, please address the myth theory that meat just rots in the gut causing health issues. Great. Well, it's not a myth, but it just, it, it depends. It depends on your 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 digestive Uh, abilities, I guess. Food, meaning meat or fat or carbs, but definitely meat can rot in your stomach. We touched on this a little bit earlier when we talked about drinking water away from your meals. Remember when we talked about how you want your stomach to be nice and acidic so that it can break down the food? Well, if you don't have enough stomach acid, which is very common, or if you're drinking water with your meals and your stomach acid is diluted, then your food can actually like sit in your stomach and rot and putrefy. I know it sounds horrifying, but it's true and it's very common. Also, if you are not relaxed while you eat, if you're stressed out, like you're driving or you're arguing or you're watching scary movies or you're on your phone or you're standing up while you're eating, you're not going to produce really good hydrochloric acid to break down your food and then you can have big chunks of meat putrefying in your stomach. Also, if you're not chewing your food enough, everybody must be focusing on chewing. Chew your food way more than you think that you need until it's completely fully pulverized and then chew even some more, 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 and then you swallow your food and then it's much less likely to putrefy in your gut. So I hope that those tips are helpful. Um, 
one way to kind of know that you have this issue of food putrefying in your stomach is if you are burping or if you have bad breath that's not just from the inside of your mouth but like if you have chronic bad breath it's probably probably because you're exhaling rotting food and I know it sounds horrible but it's so common it's so incredibly common so if you don't want your food rotting in your stomach which you shouldn't have that here's your tips chew 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 relax at your meals eat slowly do not drink water with your meals and then some people will also need to supplement with hydrochloric acid which we're not going to get into that today. That's a huge topic, but just know that some people do need to supplement with hydrochloric acid. And then, yeah, you can have rotting food in other parts of your body as well, not just your stomach. It can be rotting in your large intestine, your small intestine, and getting yourself pooping is going to help to avoid that issue. So if you're relaxed while you're eating, you have enough stomach acid, you're chewing your food, and if you're pooping one to three times a day, then you really shouldn't be dealing with rotting meat in your gut. But everybody's different, and some people do have significant health problems, like if you're dealing with SIBO or some serious health problems, you may need to go above and beyond just doing a carnivore diet to correct those issues. But Um, You don't have to have meat rotting in your gut. You can do something about that. Um, I know a lot of people say like, oh, you should never eat meat because it just rots in your body. Well, that's because you're not digesting properly. So you can fix those issues by doing pretty much all of these things that I've talked about in today's episode. So I hope that that was a good answer to that question. And speaking of questions, I hope everybody remembers that in a few weeks here, I am going to be doing an Ask Me Anything episode. And this can be questions about keto. It can be questions about carnivore. It can be questions about health in general, questions about me, any questions are just fine. And there's two ways for you to submit questions. Number one, you can send me a direct message on Instagram and you can find me at Madeline Rosie Evergreen. Or two, you can go to projectketopodcast.com and fill out the contact form and send me a question that way. And before we finish up, I just want to thank you so much for listening. This was a long episode today, but a really important one. And I want to remind you to please give me a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening. It really actually does make a difference. I know everybody says that, but that's because it's true. This is a free episode for you, free content. I'm giving you my time, my energy, my knowledge for free, which I love doing. But you can repay me energetically with a rating and a review. And I would so appreciate that. And we have a new review from this week. It's from MN Lisa. She says, great tips. I've recently started Carnivore as of April. This podcast has given me great tips and suggestions, and I appreciate the non-judgmental approach you take. Thank you. Well, thank you, MN Lisa. I so appreciate your review. It just brightens my day. And that is all for now. I will catch you all in a week. 